I think my aesthetic today that I'm going for, and I think I try to go for this often, is like Pauly from Rocky. Like just with the plain <laughs> crew neck, the the stocking hat. I try to. You go actually for look Pauly, a little bit. I, think, a I lot. mean, yeah. definitely, you definitely are, are giving off some Polly vibes, but a little bit of Mickey. If you were to just kind of turn your voice a little gravelly, oh. a little bit, yeah. Because you just kind of turn it turn off to turn off to turn off the side. He wants to bury you. Yeah, <laughs> it wants to bury you, Rock. Yeah, there you go. There we go. I think that's my. I think that's the aesthetic I'm going for today. Maybe I'll stick with it. If I cut in and out, it's because we are on. Uh, I am on the south side. Back on bad quality internet, no lighting, the whole nine yards. Uh, for one so, final Tomlin press conference of the say. season, I'm gonna. You're gonna straighten your camera up. I'm gonna straighten my hat back up as well. Yeah. Um, I am Corey Christen. I am Corey Christen. He is Chris Halleck. Of course, you're locked into the Southside Beat as we are Monday through Friday, 3 Eastern, here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. For one final time, Chris, Mike Tomlin gives his words, his thoughts, and I'll tell you what. Eulogy on the season. (laughs) Yeah, eulogy of the season. Uh, Yeah. And I'll tell you what. This was the most candid, the most maybe honest, the most – I guess practical Mike Tomlin was in the 18 plus weeks regular season that we have spoken to him. And a lot was said about obviously his future, the quarterback situation and the big one, the offensive coordinator situation. So a lot to get into about what Mike Tomlin had to say today. Yeah. uh, I obviously was not there. I watched from afar, but I watched it live and uh, yeah, I I thought even from the very, very uh, beginning you know, whenever he was kind of joking about like anybody got any contract questions and stuff like that, but you, it was a little bit more of a, a, a candid for sure. But I would even say a bit contrite. Uh, you know, it, kind of the way that he spoke. Um, you know, you can see, and and I'm gonna tie in what he said. You know, in an interview with uh, Bob Labriola on Steelers.com, when he was asked about the year after year after year of not succeeding in the playoffs, uh, or you know, a couple of years not even making the playoffs, and he said, "I don't focus on the broad picture like that. I don't, especially, don't ask my players to do that because it's a different team every single year." And the one thing he said was, "I don't." ask them to tote around my luggage and you saw today what's in that luggage a little bit. He definitely was, um, like I said, candid and contrite about that weight that he's carrying around. So if Steelers fans are carrying it around, I think you got a little bit of a glimpse of just how much he's also carrying it around, how much he wants to succeed, how tired he is of nine and eight and wild card round exits. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we saw a little bit of that today and I was a a little, it was refreshing to see that a little bit from, from, from Tomlin and some of the other changes that will be coming, I think are reflective of him kind of being tired of it. Yep. And and not only that, but also, yeah, he could be tired of underperforming, which they have over the last, Mm -hmm. however long it's been by this point. Yep, for sure. But also he could just be tired of doing the same thing and getting the same results, which is what he has done. I think, and I'm not going to suggest here that Mike Tomlin had his come to Jesus moment um, between Monday and today. That's not what happened. Mm -hmm. I think Mike Tomlin was able to reassess and was able to take a look at some things and say, Hey, like we need to change how we're doing this. And to me, like 
I know Najee Harris said it after the game Monday about how some things need to change internally, not talking about coaching or personnel changes, but talking about the way things are done. Mm -hmm. And if that kind of comment is the thing or a thing that Mike Tomlin took to heart, and maybe that, you know, he talked about holding exit interviews, maybe that's been mentioned throughout these exit interviews. If that's something that Mike Tomlin has taken to heart, then that's going to be reflecting on these changes that are going to be made over this offseason. That comes with player and personnel decisions. Yeah, uh, we we definitely saw, again, some of the things, and, and that's why the, the episode is, is titled the way it is of, you know, we know change is coming based off of what Tomlin said. And that's why whenever we, we spoke yesterday, you know, I wanted to see what Tomlin said, because regardless of how often fans think that, a lot of what he says is just a lot of speaking, but not actually saying anything. Um, you definitely, ha- you can't just automatically assume that's what's going to happen because every now and then he does knock one out of the park in terms of actually giving a lot of information on how this organization is going to run moving forward. And the end of season press conference is one of those times where you usually get a at least a good barometer of what's to come over the next weeks and months um the offensive coordinator hire was a big thing that he immediately came out now he said that eddie faulkner and mike sullivan would not be considered at this juncture that's what he said but there seemed to be no indication that but we might come back around and kind of put them in 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 the list of candidates it sounded like he wants new fresh ideas at that at that position in his staff. And we've been talking about that. I know I've been talking about that. That's what this organization needs. They need new fresh ideas um, at the offensive coordinator position. Um, And I really, really liked that to me was a tone setter, not only with what he said in his preamble, but what he said about that position and the way he answered questions about it. That to me was a huge step of being like, okay, it might not be the overwhelming, like top to bottom changes that some fans want, but there will be some change coming. And that's a big one. And that would be real change. Also, Mm -hmm. that would be not only a change in the short term, in the actual decision and in of itself, but it's also a change from his ways. It's a change from going back and finding his buddies, so to speak, and finding guys that he trusts that are close to the vest or even promoting from within. That's a change in and of itself. It was a change in and of itself when he fired Matt Canada midseason. Now, again, the argument always will go back to, well, Matt Canada never should have been able to set foot in this building in the year 2023. That should have never happened. Nobody's second-guessing that. But the way that Mike Tomlin phrased it, again, not at this juncture, Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan. Mm -hmm. Those two, in my opinion, are last resorts. If there's nobody out there that Mike Tomlin finds, if there's nobody out there that Mike Tomlin hires, they'll just stick to that, and that's obviously the wrong thing to do. Yeah, if, that's one, if one of that. those, if one of those two guys is the offensive coordinator for next season, something went terribly, terribly wrong in the interview process here. There are, I can already think of at least three better options, just in terms of experience and actual. Um, skins on the wall when it comes to being an offensive coordinator over either Eddie Faulkner or Mike Sullivan. Uh, Clint Kubiak's one, Shane Waldron's one, Alex Van Pelt's one, even though I'm not the biggest Alex Van Pelt fan, the more homework I've been doing on him, but still would be a better option than 
than either Faulkner or Sullivan, in my opinion. But um, and, and and Swan says name those options. Like, listen, like I can think and, and everybody can speculate, but we won't know until they actually start interviewing people. And as of right now, no insider anywhere has any kind of gauge on who they're going to be interviewing. There's obviously a process that they've got to go through that's got to be approved by the league office. Tomlin talked about that. But they 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 have to go through this process. And I can talk about like my hopefuls and stuff like that. There are some people that like I think Clint Kubiak would be a good option. I think Shane Waldron would be an option. Those are as of right now, probably my two favorites as of right now, like me personally, but just because they're my personal favorites doesn't mean they're, they're, they're the right favorites or even that either one of them is going to even interview. Like Kubiak might be completely content being like, no, I'm fine being where I am in San Francisco. Um, mm-hmm. So you, 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 there are a lot of options to go through, but yeah, I would agree that if, if it's either Eddie Faulkner or Mike Sullivan as offensive coordinator in 24, something terribly went wrong during this interview process. Absolutely. Now, all right, let's address a couple questions here. Um, Lori says, Tomlin didn't exactly give a ringing endorsement of the defensive coaching staff. Mm-mm. Might we see some changes there? Uh, no, he did not. Uh, and he did not really have much to say about it, which means could see some change there too. Can't yeah. move that out at this stage. Yeah. Uh, now, granted, I, I'm trying to remember back to last year because I obviously covered last year's end-of-season press conference, and I'm trying to remember exactly how it went when he was asked about um, the coaching staff, you know, co- coaches who were who were going to be under contract in 24. Uh, obviously, the big name that everybody wanted an, an answer on was Matt Canada, and he kind of went about the same way. Didn't say didn't say either way. Like, okay, he's definitely going to be our OC, or he's not going to be our OC uh, in 20 in 23. That wasn't confirmed until later. Um, I was one of the first ones to, to get that information and to report that information that Matt Canada was definitely staying on. Uh, but that had to be confirmed later on and it had to be confirmed before the team actually confirmed it. Um, so that wasn't just because he says, and he's, he's being tight lipped about it. Doesn't mean, Oh yeah, for sure. Tara Lawson's gone, but he also, you know, to go the other way, he also could have said Tara Lawson's our DC in 24, no matter what he could have said that but he didn't. So the fact that he was tight lipped about it is going to just kind of leave that one. We're just gonna have to kind of wait and see about that one. Yeah. All right. Let, let's go into the, into the comments here. Cause there's some really good questions and really yeah. good thoughts. Um, Steel girl 808 asks, how soon do they bring an OC in? It has to be sooner than later, but it can't be no later than April. Um, just from the standpoint of the NFL draft and where the league calendar is and the NFL combine, obviously coming up, in February, in March, like that kind of thing has to be addressed before the combine. Mm-hmm. They have to go into that scouting week, senior knowing bowl even. who the offensive coordinator is, senior bowl and in, 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 at the beginning of February, which, which I am currently making plans to go to. Have fun, um, dude. Mobile's fun for sure. I've heard. So did, I've it, heard. did it for the so first time last year. It was fun. Yeah. So it's got to happen soon. Now these kind of things are weird because like, for example, the Falcons are announcing their head coach, their head coach interviews. And teams will announce that are that have head coaching they vacancies have open, who they're interviewing. They have to do that. They don't yeah, have to have do that to for announce. coordinators. Yeah, they don't have to do that for coordinators. It's usually so, announced. It's usually announced because, like, I remember, like, obviously, we were tracking Brian Flores last year. That was a big one because we knew right. we knew going in, like, to the off season that 
it's really there's a really good chance he's going to interview for better positions elsewhere and that's exactly what happened and so he interviewed for several jobs and every time he interviewed for something it was not only announced by the teams it was then posted on a big list on nfl.com that they had of all of the different interviews that were going on so you could literally go through and see all the jobs that brian flores interviewed for before he uh, you know ultimately accepted the de- defensive coordinator job in minnesota right all right a few more here i'm, I'm still going through the chat again i think we have a lot of topics, but this is a big one. Uh, Brian says clearly he has already made his mind about who he wants a quarterback. Uh, Mason should just leave. Very disappointed on Tomlin's part. Now, if you go on DKPittsburghSports.com, don't do it now because we're in the middle of a show, but do it when we're done. <laughs> um, Mike Tomlin gave a really strong reaffirmation to Kenny Pickett, To me, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It was a really strong reaffirmation to Kenny Pickett. However, he did say they want to bring Mason Rudolph back to compete with the guy. Mm-hmm. So – you're going into this offseason right now, Kenny Pickett, you can't say solidified as QB1 because Mason Rudolph is still a free agent. And yeah. that could very well blend back into itself by the time the summer and OTAs and all of that come. So Mason Rudolph holds, holds the keys here. In my opinion, Mason Rudolph hold, is, the, is driving this. And Mason Rudolph, whether he resigns to Pittsburgh or not, like I think that was Mike Tomlin's partial plea to say, hey, Mason, here's what we can offer you. He mm-hmm. did that publicly just now. And I think another part of it is saying, I still believe, you know, Kenny Pickett's a Mike Tomlin guy. Mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin still believes in Kenny Pickett, and he's going to profess that as he did today. Yeah. This is fascinating stuff. Now, that's that's one of the other big topics to me, and I think it's something that is only jump-started today and is going to be really teetered based on Mason Rudolph's decision in March. Yeah, Um and, you know, somebody, you know, kind of kind of brought it up, you know, when, when it came to uh, here actually recently, uh, Lori says it, it didn't sound like they plan on looking at a free agent quarterback, at least to start. Um, I think that their primary focus um, when it comes to the quarterback situation is ideally the way they stand now is they would love to be able to resign Mason Rudolph and have the, the top two quarterbacks on their depth chart next year in whatever order it shakes out to be to be Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph. I think that's what, what they want. Um, Amos actually comes in with a really quick, uh, you know, a dollar 99 contribution. Yeah. Really appreciate Thanks, it. Amos. And uh, th- this is actually an interesting question because it does kind of allude to one thing Tomlin said about free agency. I know th- th- this would be a trade, but he, uh, Amos uh, asks uh, chances. They try for Justin Fields. That would obviously be a trade. And um I'm not ruling it out because if Mason Rudolph does sign elsewhere, they will have to bring somebody else in just because one of their three quarterbacks on the roster in 23 is not going to be there anymore. So they would then have to fill that role. And when Tomlin talked about addressing, now he was specifically talking about free agency, but this could also apply in trades was going back to guys that they liked through the draft. Whenever they learned about players through the draft process. If, and if you know anything about Mike Tomlin, you're going to see it when you go cover the senior bowl. He's going to be at the senior bowl. He's going to be on the field and he's going to get his face right in the thick of things and get right up there with the players. And throughout Mm -hmm. the the combine and pro day process, Mike Tomlin does a lot of homework. He meets with a lot of guys and he loves to learn about those guys because even if they don't get them in this draft, they could end up getting them later on via free agency or trade. And, I think like most people kind of know that Mike Tomlin had something for Justin Fields through the draft process. Mm-hmm. And so that could be something that plays out later on. Not saying it's going to, 
Um, but when it comes to quarterback, if Mason Rudolph does not come back, you know, actually, before I even get to that, like where they stand right now at quarterback is where they stand right now. That could obviously change depending on who the offensive coordinator is, because Tomlin mm-hmm. also did talk about how the OC has an impact on the quarterback and how imperative that is, because as Tomlin said, it is a quarterback driven league. It just is. Yes. And, he, and he's fully aware of that. And by the way, before we we're going to keep talking about this quarterback situation. If you still had, not you, Chris, if you in general had any inkling that Tomlin wanted to leave Pittsburgh or hang it up or retire or take time away from football. We all knew. Just watch today. (laughs) Just watch today's press conference. This man loves what he does. He's a football junkie. He's a football lifer. He was never going to leave. That outside speculation, that outside reporting, just just watch it. Just watch his body language. Watch his motions, listen to his voice, listen to his inflection. And that's a man that loves what he does. And that's a man that is reaffirming a commitment to be here in Pittsburgh. And it's very evident that Art Rooney II feels the exact same way. Um, And and, and they're going to work towards a contract extension. That's also what I gathered in another bigger picture perspective on Mike. Sure. It just, it sounded like it was just a formality that's waiting to happen. uh, That, 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 that Tomlin's getting an extension, not so some people that were hoping that he would either step away or possibly, possibly even be fired. Um, Again, him not only staying on for the final year of his contract, but most likely will end up getting uh, an extension at some point prior to the 24 season that that really comes as no shock. I mean, this is the Steelers way of do, of doing things. Um, you know, again, we can talk about the criticisms that, that, that are um, very valid when it comes to Tomlin's performance, especially over the past decade. Um, but I, again, you know, it's just, it, it is what it is. You can complain about it. You can be upset about it. It's just, it is what it is, man. Tomlin's not going anywhere. Also, yeah. Also, how about this comment from Mike Tomlin? I love, I love that. I love that part. That says he carries a heavy heart that Pouncey didn't get a ring. He, yeah. Mike Tomlin said, and I'll paraphrase it, one of his biggest regrets in his coaching career is not getting Marquise Pouncey a ring. Like, for him to call that guy out as, as a guy that was a winner but didn't get that kind of recognition, I thought that was powerful stuff. Yeah, and, and anybody who remembers, you know, Pouncey was on that team uh, that that lost to Green Bay in in the Super Bowl in in the 2010 season. Um, yeah, uh, that one even kind of hit me in the feels a little bit, you know, because I I can go back and and remember like a time, you know, well before I ever became a journalist or anything like that, and was just a big football fan and. Whenever you hear somebody, you hear a coach like Mike Tomlin, who is very, usually very, very singularly focused and right now is in the process of deep, like, like decompressing from what, from the 23 season, and then will soon be turning the page to 24 for him to pull that name out of the past. And to say that one of my biggest regrets is to not have, you know, won a ring for Pouncey like that one to me, again, you want to talk about toting around luggage. I think again that was another glimpse of hey if you're frustrated with 9 and 8 after you know every sing- season or first round exits every season yeah I don't think you're the only one frustrated yeah. about it you're probably not nearly as frustrated about it as Mike is himself I love what Darren says here too heavy heart feels guilt for more than pounds probably scared he can't get TJ or Camarink like I don't want to say scared but think of it this way TJ Watt has never won a playoff game TJ Watt yeah. never won a playoff game TJ Watt, future Hall of Famer, 
first ballot. He hasn't won a playoff game yet. No, yeah, his, yeah, yeah. Twenty seventeen was his rookie his, year. Yeah, so yeah, the last playoff yeah. win came in the twenty sixteen postseason. TJ yep. freaking Watt has never won a playoff game. He's in that like Calvin Johnson, Joe Thomas territory right now. Hall of Famers never won a playoff game. Like, you don't think Mike Tomlin thinks about that? Yeah. Cam Hayward's never won a ring. One of the most deserving humans to ever win, a, to ever, you know, be in contention or whatever you want to call it. One of the greatest humans on the face of the earth, people-wise, community-wise, everything, has never sniffed a championship on this at this level. That is, that's what we're talking about here. That's what this is about. Uh, Swan brings up Presley Harvest gives some notes too. He sure was. Uh, so was Demarvin Leal, for that matter. Oh, yeah, uh, Demarvin both Leal, Presley Harvin. Yeah, we're, we're I will put on notice at the end of that press conference. I will say though, at least to Marvin Leal, he kind of left it a little bit open ended with the team. He's got some work to do, you know. Um, you know, like like it, it, you know, both guys are under contract for next season. Like they're just still under the rookie deals, but it sounded like both guys were definitely put on notice. But it sounded a little bit more optimistic, just a little bit more optimistic about Leal. Than it did for a press hour because the only thing he said was he was not consistent enough, and that's pretty much it. And when Tomlin is that direct about something like that, it was the same way whenever he took punt return duties away from Gunnar Olszewski last season. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that one. I asked that question in the press conference, and he was just pretty much like, Yeah, I don't have a lot of trust there. Yeah, I remember that. I was sitting next to you in that. We All both right. kind of looked at each other like Okay. Well, there's your answer. <laughs> and who was Heavy, returning uh, punts? Who was returning punts the next week? It wasn't Gunnar Olszewski. <laughs> it was uh it was Steven Sims, was it not? Yeah, yeah, it was Sims. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Swan says he has a heavy heart for Ramon Foster. You could air your grievances out in about 40 minutes on the Ramon Foster show right uh, here at DK Pittsburgh Sports. I want, uh, I, I'm re- I'm really curious to see what Ram- what Ramon's uh view was of that of that comment mm-hmm. that, that, that Tomlin made about, made about Pouncey. Like, I'm sure, like, I'm sure that there are a lot of guys who played with Pouncey. Like I would think that even like somebody like Ben Roethlisberger would watch that and kind of get that little, <sighs> you know, just kind of like, like, you know, to get the, get the shakes and everything like that. Like they're about to start crying and everything like that. Get the lip quiver going. Jeez. I, just be, well, just because sure you're okay. Like no, like 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 it's it's like I'm trying to remember. Like obviously, when they lost to the Browns in 2020, you know, uh, uh, you know when they oh got, yeah, the shot of Ben and Mark the Ben the shot of Ben and Pouncey, right? Because Ben Ben knew that was Pouncey's last game. Like he he knew mm-hmm. that was Pouncey's last game, and he was just like, man, like he, Ben wore that. And so when you see players wear it for each other, that's one thing. When you see a coach wear it for a player like that, that's that hits yeah. that hits people a little bit a little bit different. Lori yeah. said, give right, that me, man an Oscar. <laughs> Thank you. Oscar. Nice job, Chris. <laughs> nice job, Chris. Uh, Swan asked, do you really think they'll go outside for more coaching? Yeah, they have to. At this stage, they have to. Um, how much they how now how much they get or how many people they hire? TBD. They have to go outside for the offensive coordinator. And I think Tomlin knows that by this stage. Yeah. Um let me let me go through a couple more here. Mark says Kane deserves a shot to prove himself with a con- competent coordinator with Faulkner's running game. Mark, I, I agree with you, and in fact, I've been consistent in agreeing with you on this. Mm-hmm. I still, even after what I just saw from Mason Rudolph, I still want to see what Kenny Pickett looks like with competent coaching and competent coordination. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a fair take. I think that's a fair assessment to say. While I'll also acknowledge that Mason Rudolph, in this really broken, defunct system for three games, really held it down. It mm-hmm. played pretty well, all things considered, in Buffalo. Yep. 
Um, I, I do think, and listen, like when some people are, are, you know, kind of, you know, concerned about, okay, well, what if they make the wrong hire when it comes to playing to Kenny's strengths? Like, listen, if it, a good offensive coordinator will tailor his playbook to the quarterback's strengths, no matter what he's strong at. Obviously, a different court, every coordinator has different strengths in and of themselves, whether it comes to the passing game, to the running game, their play calling, any combination of uh, of those things, plus a whole lot of other things that that are part of a, a evaluating a, a coordinator's uh, body of work. But a good coordinator can be able to tailor his playbook and tailor what he does as an overall offense and tailor his scheme to what the to a quarterback's strengths. I think the big question here, and I think this is a legitimate question, is what is Kenny? What are Kenny Pickett's true strengths? And I think that's a question that has to be asked and like appropriately asked because like you can think, okay, well, he's really good in the fourth quarter. He's okay. Try to talk about actual quarterback things. I can point out one major flaw. That's actual quarterback play. And that's obviously pocket presence. Give me strengths, actual strengths of Kenny Pickett as a quarterback. Now you could talk about that he can he has the capability of throwing receivers open. He has the capability, you know. There's different things that you can that you <laughs> swan your mean. Okay, man. you finally saw it. You finally <laughs> said it. Yeah, you finally saw that. Also, I was I was laughing at Ben here. Um, yeah, leave Mason, Mason Cole out of this, man. <laughs> leave Mason Cole out of this. Ben says Mason Cole has never won a playoff game. Leave Mason Cole out of this yeah. conversation right here. So and I think what when 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 oh sorry when B uh not B full sorry I, I clicked on well, yeah comments B-Fil's were coming age in. on the screen like that <laughs> um no it's like Chris G says seems like KP's strengths are all intangible that is a valid concern about Kenny Pickett now I'm not saying that just give up on the guy no matter what I there is still a part of me that thinks that Kenny Pickett can be do I think personally do i think right now that he can be become like a tier one quarterback i don't see it can he does he have the 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 tangible traits that under the right coordinator and in the right system that can become a quarterback good enough to take a team to the super bowl as long as he's got the good supporting cast to go along with it i think so but again he's got to clean up certain weaknesses that will absolutely keep him from becoming a good quarterback. And that is the part of me that's curious of like, what can he do when he doesn't have Matt Canada as his offensive coordinator, or when he doesn't have Matt Canada's playbook being called and, and, and game planned by Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan. I am still curious about that, but I do think that the Steelers, it would behoove the Steelers nice. to really, really, also look ex- for some external help when it comes to quarterback to go along with what Mike Tomlin said. Yes, he's confident in Kenny, but there needs to be competition as well. There does need to be competition for Kenny Pickett. Did you hear that giant heater that just kicked on? I do hear it. Somebody, so, somebody just kicked the heat on here in the uh, wait a minute, here in the indoor. <laughs> you know, somebody just kicked that that big. So if you can't hear me, then it's not my fault. I did, I did okay for 20, 26 the, minutes here. The sound quality to go down a little bit. That might be my sign to get out of here. Um, we'll do that. DK Royal will take over in about 33 minutes here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Chris and I will be back, of course, on a football Friday. Still football Friday. I think it'd be okay to talk a little playoffs, like a little bit of AFC, NFC playoffs. See what we yeah. can think the rest of the, uh, you know, the divisional round to me is the most exciting week in football. 
uh, just because of the matchups. Look at how good all these matchups are. I think it'd be a cool thing to talk about that tomorrow. So maybe we'll do that. Um, well, obviously, Die Bourne to Toblin, it's a picket, the offensive coordinator, the offseason. Long way to go. So we'll get into all that. Um, Mike, Mike does ask here, what type of time frame should we expect to see a Mason signing? Um, if it, well, first off, free agency doesn't start until middle of March. I think it's March 13th. If it's not that exact right, yeah. date, if, if it's not that day exactly, it's around that time. It's, it's middle of March. Um, so, I would expect Mason Rudolph to test free agency. If he wants to re-sign with the Steelers prior to free agency opening, I think that can happen at just about any time. It would have to, but if he is going to test free agency, the earliest you could possibly see him sign is that day or a couple days after that, because I'm sure he's going to go out and test and see what his value is elsewhere. And if it's something the Steelers are not comfortable with paying, then it's bye-bye Mason. So you, you, we've got a while before before we would see Mason Rudolph possibly sign with the Steelers unless he's just absolutely content with coming back no matter what, not testing his value elsewhere. And by the way, uh, this this coming from uh, Post-Gazette uh, report, uh, Rudy says he was planned to extend his contract, Mike Tomlin's contract. So there you have it. Um, a lot more to be going into with this offseason, a lot more – discussion about Mike Tomlin and how the Steelers could improve into 2024. But for now, we're stepping away. DK and Ramon in about 30 minutes, right where you found this. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Grissom. I'm not going to get eaten by the heater over there. Uh, <laughs> we will talk to you on a football Friday. Cheers, everybody. Have a good day.